Welcome to Playwright, a podcast about creating and sharing new ways to play. This is our audio game jam where we create entirely new video game ideas and uh, workshop them between the two of us. My name is Ryan Heyman. You can call me H. And I'm Ryan Quintel. Go ahead and call me Q. We have a loyal listenership at some Mm -hmm. point. Ryan, we will not have to introduce ourselves anymore, you know? I, I realize it's just like that. regular podcasts where the hosts just jump right into the conversation and don't speak their own names at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? I now that I recognize that there's so many podcasts I listen to where people introduce themselves at the beginning of every episode, and I think to myself, who? I guess every episode is somebody's first episode, mm-hmm. but who is? Who are these people that are just starting to listen? I don't know who they are, especially for things like serial. Where it's like, yeah, you know what? I feel good jumping into episode five. I don't feel like I need all that kind of introductory stuff for who the criminals potentially might be or what put them in the situation where I find them now. (laughs) Exactly. I'm Sarah Koenig. Okay. If you say so. Context clues from here on out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, perfect. Speaking of which, wasn't Serial like the most popular podcast in the world at some point and it's been like four years since we've had another episode yeah i so i guess that team does take some time they did do a season two it was Mm -hmm. from what i understand less that was a really long time ago yeah yeah yeah. it was it was a while ago i think that you know that maybe they realize that too much of a good thing is not a good thing who knows but um yeah i I would be interested like because where else can they go it that that show seemed to be such a moment and happenstance and now nothing is going to be more entertaining than the craziness that is our current political climate anyway uh that's right it's like every day a cereal yes every day a cereal perfect that's my new youtube channel where i critique captain crunch oh nice i love that and actually that sounds like a good video game pitch as well every single day a cereal and you have to review them and rate them and all that kind of good stuff. You don't want to get all berries, though. That's a major mess up. <laughs> you know what? I was talking to someone about this the other day, and I know we got to get into our pitches, but if for whatever reason, no one can quite explain to me why in the 90s, like a good chunk of cereal marketing was all based around there was some mistake at the factory (laughs) (laughs) and it was just always it's like an actual mistake in a factory would be like oops all arsenic (laughs) exactly right right right. oops no one has fingers uh but instead (laughs) the the mistakes in the 90s at factories were oops it's extra chocolatey you know uh i'm glad that oops we only included cd-roms containing checks quest and no actual cereal oh man checks quest all right well now we gotta get into some cereal based pitches right we gotta get these pitches out the way so <laughs> say it with me move pitch move. get out the way oh my, my get favorite. out the way pitch get out the way <laughs> yes anyways my turn to go first because i'm realizing as i've been editing our past couple of shows i've made you go first twice that's my mistake but uh i'll make up for it today Oh, okay, great. Getting something that I thought of this afternoon. Mm, Beautiful. (laughs) What I want to put forward is a camera-based phone game 
where players send each other pictures, and they're challenged to take a picture with a similar composition, including similar shapes or colors. All of that is taken into consideration. It's kind of like that、um, Chibi Robo photo matching game.、Um, okay. Basically, yeah, you just kind of send your friend a challenge picture. And then they are to reproduce it with whatever is in their immediate environment as closely as possible. And then there's some sort of an algorithm that、uh, assesses them. Wow. Okay. Interesting. So what I like about this is that we both are going to be pitching phone games today. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs>、um, which is spoiler alert for later in the episode. But I'm coming at mine from a different angle. So let's talk about this photography thing. I love the idea. Of a game where you're trying to match the composition, and there are plenty of tech kits that help you recognize, especially now with AR kit and stuff on iPhone、mm. and Android, really analyze what is going on in a scene. And if you have location data and that sort of stuff tied to it, you might even know a particular monument or something. So to find similar looking things, or maybe even it just be as generic as. Hey, take a picture at this tourist location.、Um, that's kind of cool, and kind of be facing off with friends. How long can you keep the chain going? Well, the thing is that, like, I don't want to drive people to specific locations、uh, because I want this to be like a very like think quickly and see if you can find something in your immediate environment that can kind of match the composition of these shots. And so, like, if I sent you a picture. Of、uh, the、uh, Empire State Building, then you would have to look around your immediate environment and try to find something that you can get at some angle that looks like the photo that I sent you,、uh. but using like a lamp in your house or using a bell tower at your college or you know whatever it is around you to kind of like reproduce that shot and really get you to like look at your environments and see see the potential in what's around you. That's kind of neat too. So instead, coming at it from the angle of going and trying to just get the basic lines to line up—is that what you're saying? Hey, give me something yeah, that kind of. is parallel or perpendicular. Yeah, yeah. You can do like a fifty percent opacity overlay on top of the photo that you're taking, so you can make sure that it、yeah. really lines up correctly, and、uh, really encourages players to get creative with. The solutions that they come up with. If somebody sends them, like if they've written like the letter L on a paper, then the other person could take an upside down photo of a like a light post, like the ones that kind of hang over the road. And then if that's flipped upside down, then it lines up with the L, and that's like a creative solution to that problem that they've been given. I wonder if you could do something too, where you don't enable. A selfie cam,、uh, and and the reason why I say that is it kind of forces the person to take a picture of something in front of them、mm. rather than themselves. Yeah,、um, where it would be kind. Well, maybe potentially it could be easy to replicate selfie after selfie after selfie after selfie. Although, depending on the faces, it would be really fun to kind of try and line your face up <laughs> with somebody else's. That's true. And I love the idea of it being able to detect even something like you know a person smiling, and you just have to ask someone near you to smile. Or、uh, I I don't know if、uh, any New Yorkers relate to this, but taking a quick snap of someone on the subway, <laughs> which may or may、mm, not have、yeah. some legal implications. <laughs>、um, but、uh, 
yeah, being able to take pictures like that and say, hey, can you get, you know, a picture from your commute and somehow it, you know, it can see a person standing looking at their phone kind of heads down. It would be kind of neat if you could set like a schedule that both of you are able to play the game beforehand. So you can say between the hours of 7 a.m. and 9 p.m., then I'll be available. And then it gives you like a half hour after you receive a challenge to take another photo. And at the end of it, like whoever isn't able to take a an appropriate photo or a photo that I guess scores lower on the matching matrix than the previous one did, whatever kind of score we're using to judge these photos algorithmically, um, then that would be kind of the end of the round. And at the end of it, it would compile like a like a GIF image of every photo that was taken uh, kind mm-hmm. of rapidly cycling through each other. And so you can see the same shape kind of preserved throughout all these photos, but like morphing over time because you're just set to match the previous photo and not the entire stream beforehand. So things can like, kind of like the telephone game can kind of morph over time. You know, what's fun about that is I love the creativity of if you have a particularly enigmatic friend of yours who is <laughs> loves doing dances or, you know, crazy poses mm. and then say the person on the other end has still life figures that they have access to or action figures and yeah. can replicate the sort of positions and body movements they're in. Um, so you have one person who's like engaging with the game from a physical angle and another person who's engaging with it from the creative angle. You could even find clouds that were kind of in the same shape as what you're looking for or kind of arrangements of leaves or you can even set stuff up yourself uh, to kind of fall, whether it's, um, you know, arranging a couple leaves on the ground and pieces of garbage and sticks to kind of fit the shape that you're looking for. Uh, just a way to always get you watching and observing your surroundings. That would be really nice. And I love the idea of being able to see clouds. Like one of my favorite things to do is uh, follow my natural and all of our natural human tendency to anthropomorphize things, right? A picture <laughs> I had. It's one of your favorite things to do. It's one of my favorite things to do. I'm going to try and put it on the website. We're going to, I'm going to, here you go. Here's a visual component to our show. I'm going to put mm. a picture on the website that I took years ago that I've never forgotten. And I keep my photo library, which is water was dripping down a sink drain in such a way that it made a big smiley face with the drain <laughs> as the nose. And uh. I was just so it was, it brightened my whole day. And I love the ability to, you know, one person sends a picture of a building and the other person, or, you know, the Eiffel tower, Mm-hmm. Not the Eiffel Tower, the, the the Empire State Building, and the other person can just shoot a hot dog from a picnic table. Yeah, at yeah. such an angle uh, <laughs> with the clouds in the background and stuff, you're like, yeah, tower. It basically is a tower, right? <laughs> is there a way to assign points, like, uh, or a progression of it, or is it simply an act of volleying? I'm thinking of words with friends and the way that when right. you see an update from your friend, you're you're compelled, but you also have this moment of 
I can't believe that they got score X, Y, or Z. I, <laughs> is is that just matching it shot for shot, or could it be at different times the game is prompting both of you to take a picture of something similar that it proposes? Hmm. That's interesting, because if it was just a pure back and forth, and you're only prompted to match without adding anything yourself, then it does probably simplify rather than complexify i don't know what the word would that be for that yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, complicate it is um and so yeah that would that would seem to make it less interesting as it went on rather than more interesting there's a game that i like to play with my friends called photoshop tennis and it's kind of a long-standing tradition from back in the uh old internet days they used to play that on the something awful forums back i love when, photoshop tennis yes. yeah yeah where um basically you send somebody a picture and then they add something to it in Photoshop and they send it back to you. Then you add something to that. And the, you know, whether or not there's a winner doesn't really matter because you're both just having fun. But if it is a competitive thing that it's judged by somebody else to see kind of who made the most funny and meaningful contributions to this entire thread of back and forth photos. And so it could be done that way. It could be done through a third party judge who's kind of judging the humor or the the deftness yes. of the photographs being sent back and forth. Or it could be that the the game will challenge you every few rounds to throw something else in by adding like a sticker overlay or something else that's uh, adding a visual component to the to the photograph series that requires just a little something extra to be added in there, maybe for bonus points. That if you don't, if you aren't able to incorporate this extra kind of star in the corner or something, it's fine. You know, the game doesn't end. But if you do, then you get like an additional bonus that's um, that you can uh, compound over time. You know what is kind of interesting to me is now this emoji slash sticker overlay type of game as well, where potentially these are pictures you're taking and... You let's say the game randomly cuts out a part of the photo mm. and asks oh, yeah. you what is the like coolest slash funniest emoji to substitute in that blank space. Um, and now you kind of have a cards against humanity feel <laughs> where it's really just like, OK, everyone agrees that putting the eggplant emoji there is really funny um, for completely uh, G-rated Innocent reasons. reasons, yes, yeah. of course. <laughs> Anyways, that's all the time we have for that one. We have to move on to your phone game. But before we do that, I have to give it a name. Less tentatively, this is a name that I don't like, but I'm uh, sticking with it because I don't have anything better off the top of my head, is uh, Photo Arigato. <laughs> Oh, awesome. It's kind of a nice ring to it. It's going to blow up in Japan. Sure. <laughs> That's my phone game. Now show me yours. All right. Well, mine for you this week is a phone game that is using a combination of location mm -hmm. and also your environment and the sounds around you. So we have a lot of technology in these very expensive pocket computers that we carry around. And mm -hmm. the idea <laughs> here is to go to different places in physical space a la a pokemon go but when you get there you're to put your phone down on a surface that is uh let's say can 
feel your vibrations, if that makes any sense. Okay. If, so if you tap or knock on the surface, it can kind of feel it. So the phone then uses its microphone in combination with its gyroscope and accelerometer and all that stuff mm-hmm. uh, to show you a little drum kit or beat studio, if you will, um, that is based on the location that you're at. So if it's a park, maybe it's all sort of naturalistic sounds. If you're at a uh, restaurant, maybe you have all sorts of pots and pans that you're messing around with. Hmm. And, you know, the gym will do a bunch of fun punching and kicking sounds. (laughs) (laughs) You take all these things and you are just able to then through snapping and clapping and making weird mouth noises or tapping on the table. A lot of us are, are incessant table drummers. You're able mm-hmm. to tap out and actually make beats that translates to the instruments in the app. And then you can create those beats and share them with other people. So it's a combination of uh, different drum kits based on your location. And of course, your own beats and creativity with your snapping, clapping, and in real life noises. Hmm. Interesting. All right. We will start the clock there then. So this idea of being able to tap on a surface and uh, that is picked up by the phone, I think is going to be the most difficult thing to realistically implement. There've been a couple of games. I think the original pitch for Rhythm Heaven Fever on the Wii used a, you know, put the Wiimote down and then you tap on a surface and whatever kind of vibration, I don't know if that's triggering the A button, which at that point would be uh, face down on the table or whether that would be triggering the motion detector but um something like that i think was the original pitch for that game uh alternatively there was a game on wii that did release this way called let's tap it was kind of a sim- similar thing but i think you put the wiimote down on a cardboard box or something because the empty box carries that um ah. vibrational signal really well yeah, i think i remember that yeah so the only thing that i would really be concerned about is how well these vibrations are translated through the types of materials that somebody would be able to put their phone down on in uh, in real life locations, which I live in a city. And so maybe this isn't the most representative sample, but there's a lot of concrete, of marble, of stones and, and metals all around me and glass things. And none of those really carry vibrations all that well, but they do potentially create sounds. And so I do like this idea of recording real life sounds. And I think that might be a more uh, viable route to pursue rather than, than taps that create vibrations that your phone can pick up because I'm not sure how sensitive it's uh, motion monitor. As far as I know, most phones can detect when they're on their side or when they're, when they're right way up, but that's about as sensitive as they get. I think that makes a lot of sense to use the microphone internally because I think we, whenever you, <laughs> I say whenever you, I think maybe I'm the only person that does this <laughs> in the world. But if I'm tapping something out on a table, I might find myself changing sort of what area of my hand I'm using to tap, how many fingers mm-hmm. I'm using to tap, or just straight up use another surface to get a different tone out of the beat that I'm trying to make. So once I can kind of establish, let's say I go to a place, set up my phone, 
Um, I don't want to necessarily have it out of a case where it can detect vibration better or, um, or it's just yeah. sitting somewhere. I can kind of use the uh, environments internally to, to create those different tones and, and see which percussive instruments that they activate. I would be really interested if this was like a Pokemon Go type of game where you can create a music mix that's unique to that spot and kind of own a location. And so you get all these kind of musically minded people, whether they are recording samples from the environment entirely live or whether they're using stock samples based on the type of building or location that this is recorded in. Oh, yeah. Um, But... uh, creating like a music mix that uh, even if it's just a simple beat kind of owns that particular spot and everyone else who comes by that spot can listen to the mix and try to challenge that spot. And there would have to be some sort of a subjective rating uh, for everyone to judge what's the best mix and who's the, the king of the hill at that specific location. I think that that's really cool. So now you go to a location, perhaps you see, the three most popular or five most popular voted on even 10, you know, Mm -hmm. some manageable size list where they're all, you know, 10 to 20 seconds long. You can listen to them and really kind of vote on which one you like the most is pretty. uh, I think it's pretty compelling to me. I, it, it allows like, if you're, if you're the beat King, (laughs) uh, (laughs) if you're, you know, your local office and it's got this cool mix of, pens and pencils and you know staplers and all that kind of fun office accoutrement um that that could be really fun and that would really highly incentivize you to create something that's unique to that location so if you went up to stanley park in vancouver british columbia you would get some of those sounds that can only be heard there or that would you would you would most closely associate with the park so it's like the honking of the Canadian geese and the kind of lapping waves of the um, the water coming in. There's the ring of the bicycle bells and all of these sounds that you would really closely associate with uh, Stanley Park so you can make sure that it's not just somebody dropping off a really good mix in every single location in Vancouver. H, you have just unlocked something for me here, which is There are going to be, you know, different people have different levels of musical ability. So Mm -hmm. what if there are sort of two facets to these locations, right? And facet number one is the making of these beats or samples into rhythms. But facet number two, maybe for the more casual player, is going to these actual physical locations and sampling sounds. Yeah, right. Right. So now they are finding the best uh, trash bin that they can get a good sort of Mm -hmm. bass thump out of or, uh, you know, sidewalk that is just gravelly enough that they can scrape their shoe against it and get some good uh, acoustics that way. And then you you could technically have a board of like, here are the best snare drums for this area and you can hear different people's snare drums um, and you could either have a vote on the individual samples themselves, or then you could have people saying, I want to make a mix with uh, this thing as my, you know, the, the trash can snare drum and yeah. the, uh, the, the 
blanket against a tree or the picnic basket uh, bass drum. Yeah, and it can essentially turn into like a sequencer, something that's really intuitive and easy to make like really cool mixes out of. So pretty much anyone can play along because this would thrive on having uh, kind of a large player base. Yeah, absolutely. And that would actually allow, sometimes we really want to get into the nitty gritty as to how this thing could be possibly made, but it would allow you to do it in a single city in some marquee areas a la a Pokemon Go or paired with some businesses who are going to help you author that content uh, or control the scope of it so it's a little easier to build that stuff out. The biggest stumbling block that I see in front of us is player engagement. Since this is something that one requires sound, which is kind of a no-no in the uh, phone game space, and is two, something that requires like undivided attention for a while as you mix and compose these beats. I'm curious what can be a strong enough incentive to get people to play in the first place, because that's that's quite an ask that you're making of the mobile market. Yeah, that's true. Ah, man. I think it would, maybe it would have to be tied to some sort of promotion or give it like, like the same way that, you know, GameStops get exclusive Pokemon. Mm. Uh, maybe you can get people to show up to even something as niche as local record shops um, and something like that to sort of drive the initial groupings of it or public areas to drive the initial uh, user base. And then once people get there and see, you know, a little sign of like, Hey, make a, make a song for our store and win a prize. Um, it could kind of get people a little bit more interested, but yeah, as with anything in this super crowded mobile market, how, how do you bring it to market? Right. I've really enjoyed drop mix with the time that I've spent with it because it feels really good to be able to create really competent sounding musical mixes very easily. And so, you know, if you had the ability to create something that you could really be proud of afterwards, then that would go a long way towards making this a really viable product with some legs. I also just wonder if there can be practical rewards in terms of, I don't know, user scoring or something like that. I'm trying to think if there's, you know, the person that is the king of a place or queen of a place for a certain amount of time, uh, if they get something special as well. It's all these sort of... We've already experienced the wave of check-in apps and people fatiguing on them uh, pretty quickly. It would quickly. be kind of interesting if the top mix in America every month or so would be like used in a song by like an actual prominent musical artist. So wow, yeah. you know, you've got uh, Dr. Dre is going to sample the January piece and then Vampire Weekend is going to use the February piece. And you always have these artists that you're like looped in and looking forward to and you're kind of like oh man i want to be in a rihanna song let's see if what i can get out of uh out of my local seattle eateries that would be really cool and that would actually even if there was a maybe even a live radio show or something not not necessarily yeah. even on terrestrial radio but if you have a spotify station that people are listening to where someone is playing these things from all around the world or the country. Now, now we've got mm. it. We've got our corporate sponsor, Spotify is going to get in on this <laughs> with us. And, uh, now you can listen to, Hey, here's, here's a modern pop song that we, uh, remixed with this beat from, you know, Golden Gate Park in San Francisco. 
And now people are like, wow, how did this? And then, you know, in between the songs, hey, you can make your own beats. So now now we've we've got some linking there that it ties into the discovery aspect and the desirability of being the best. It's a very ambitious plan, but we're out of time on that one. Q, do you come in with a name for that game? Uh, I I was kind of thinking something like beat drop, but there's no way that's not going to be taken. Um, Maybe we could do... uh, uh, beat spot presented by spotify <laughs> yeah it's not bad beat spot <laughs> our next contribution would usually come from the community but today our inbox is actually empty that is our fault because we usually when it's getting low in submissions we usually kind of put the call out as a, a more kind of prominent like hey guys we're running low if you send us something it'll be read within the next couple of weeks and that usually gets a few submissions coming our way, but uh, we've, we've not done that. Um, the shows go out a couple weeks after we record them, and so maybe we'll get some in the coming days, but instead, we're going to have to improvise a bit. But before we do that, if you would like to send in a pitch, an idea for a brand new video game, you can do that by emailing us, playwrightcast at gmail.com, or going to our website, playwrightcast.com, if you go to playwrightcast.com slash pitch, that'll take you straight to the pitching portal where you can pitch your video game ideas to us directly and we will uh, workshop them on the show. So today I want to do something a little bit different. We're going to do something entirely experimental and use a passage from a book. I'm going to randomly open a book, read a sentence, and we're going to spend 10 minutes making that sentence into a video game. <laughs> I don't know how viable this is going to be. We've not tried it in the pre-recording period. <laughs> this is going to be an entirely live experiment. I'm scared. I have anxiety right now. <laughs> and today I'm going to be reading from the DSM-5. That is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual that psychologists use to diagnose mental disorders. So oh boy, let me get right into that. Let me just open to a random page here. <laughs> Oh, God. All right, here we go. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I open straight to bulimia nervosa, which is, of course, the way that people with uh, weight anxieties um, throw up to keep from gaining weight, although it's not effective and not a good coping strategy. I would like to put out there as somebody with some psychological training, there are better ways to manage your weight and the anxieties around it. <laughs> so let's see what sentence I randomly drop onto. These include fluid and electrolyte abnormalities. Okay, Mm. I don't know what that gives us to go off of, but uh, we're going to have to make something out of that, out of fluid and electrolyte abnormalities. Let's give that a go. We have 10 minutes starting here. Okay, well, we are in it to win it, and this is the only way we're going to do it. Fluid and electrolyte abnormalities. What are electrolytes? I always was under the assumption of they are the building blocks for energy in like your basic water. Well, I think because as somebody who has studied the human body and um, is supposed to know this kind of thing, still my closest association with electrolytes is the Gatorade brand of beverages. Yes, yes. Gatorade has electrolytes. Everybody knows this. Right. And so I think that is the kind of like salt component that they put into, which I always in my own mind 
kind of associated that with like, oh, when we sweat, it's salty. Therefore, we're losing salt and have to replace that. But I bet that that's not really what it is for at all. Like, I bet it's actually replenishing some stuff that's far more kind of like core and component to our energy creation processes. Look at this. Okay, so uh, they're they are a, an electrically conducting solution mm-hmm. that is dissolved in water. Uh, like sodium, potassium, chloride, calcium, magnesium, and phosphates, which would be very good. All good names for characters inside of this game. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I love the idea of playing a game where you are like, fighting the enemy of dehydration as electrolytes and you have the the abnormal fluids uh that are coming to dehydrate people you know people don't realize things like caffeine and stuff uh have dehydrating properties to them Hmm. so if you if you're thirsty and you're going to reach for tea or coffee that probably ain't gonna do it you gotta get that good old h2o or Gatorade, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Or Gatorade. All right, so we have these these core components. Of course, we've got the two, the um, the fluids, and the electrolytes, um, both of which are needed for a person to function at an optimal level. Uh, this sets up like a like a really basic kind of management structure of making sure that whatever kind of on screen avatar we are not necessarily controlling but supervising the fluid composition of has everything that they need to be successful. And so I'm looking for an interesting way to take this because if it was just something as simple as keeping your eye on a couple of bars and making sure that none of them drop to zero, that's kind of uninteresting. But I know that we can take this in a cooler way. Yeah, I, I'm i thinking more along the lines of you are playing as maybe you're playing as this person uh who is a superhero of sorts and <laughs> there's all these power ups that are inside the environment so we almost go like an old school side scrolling earthworm gym sort of mm-hmm. uh, look and aesthetic to this and you like pick up a bottle of like you know, water with some sodium in it, which is just salt water. That's kind of gross, but you, (laughs) you know, you drink that and then you have sodium power and then you can like shoot Hmm. salt crystals or potassium power. And I guess, I don't know, bananas can fly out of you or whatever. (laughs) What gives you potassium potatoes? Hmm. Let's see. That's, it's interesting, but I don't know if it, if it captures, because ultimately what we have here is like, this is using like the chemical names of these things. Electrolytes like feels very biological. And so if you're just kind of like shooting bananas out of your hands, I feel like we're letting down the kind of educational aspect that this game could potentially have. I feel like we're right on the border of something that could be potentially life changing for somebody. Okay. But what if this is like a superhero thing, like you were suggesting and Every type of input, I don't know, that's the right food or beverage that you would give this person has like an exaggerated effect that it would have on a regular person. So if um, if you give somebody electrolytes, then they will become uh, super energized or whatever it is that electrolytes do to you. Uh, If you give this person like alcohol, then it sends them like, you know, it gives them hyper clarity for a little bit and then it 
gives them, you know, the inability to walk straight for a very long time. Uh, like everything is super concentrated and super effective against this specific person. And you're trying to create the um, optimal internal metabolic balance for them to fight each particular foe that they're up against. <laughs> oh, okay. Kind of like a superhero simulator. Yes. But you also kind of learn like what each of these core components do. Yeah. Okay. So now this is, you could actually get something going here where like, um, people will eat bananas for potassium because they help with muscle cramps. Right. Uh, and you know, maybe you get super flexible or you get super yeah, yeah, and increased stamina and stuff. Yeah. So your muscles don't tire out. And then that now we've now we've got a good playwright classic, which is an edutainment game where you're sort of <laughs> learning about what these well, compounds <laughs> could uh, could potentially be used for. Like uh, chloride, I I'm reading here on Wikipedia is about nerve impulses. So maybe hmm, uh, you know, chloride could could give you enhanced perception or you know the ability to. Uh, slow down time so you can really like analyze things and and sort of make the most out of it. And calcium, right? Strong bones, you become more sturdy. You can lift or or, or accomplish physical feats in a more a dramatic way. Ultimately, this would be leading towards uh, kind of informing people as to more healthy kind of living choices they can make. This could almost be something that's aimed at like really young children in the same way that. I'd imagine you as well, but I definitely grew up with like the Math Blaster series of video games. Yes. And yeah, a lot of those things that teach us good early life skills. Uh, the Oregon Trail, of course, taught us a lot about history and Mario teaches typing, I guess says it right there in the title. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I like the idea of being able to maybe these these different elements, the calcium, potassium, chloride, these type of things are not just uh, their own compounds uh, living in the world that you sort of pick up like their pills or power ups, but rather they're associated with different foods or, um, you know, I don't really necessarily want to say beverages because there's not too many healthy, uh, ed you know, options that you would educate a child to drink other than, you know, water or potentially I milk. Mean, orange juice. There's all kinds of different juices. There's all different types of, uh, uh, you know, calcium shakes or yogurts and stuff. So, yeah, I don't know. There's there's room to expand. There's There's milk versus soy milk. Yeah, and what I like about some of that is... You know, you mentioned Math Blaster. I can think of a bunch of the sort of educational games that I grew up with. But honestly, as someone and I, I'm I'm an overweight person, I deal with my own weight issues. So the the weight issues page was a good, good page to land on, I think. <laughs> oh, um, oh. It's, you know, I don't feel down about myself, but it's something that I I definitely struggle to manage and mm. um, always try to be mindful of and try and behave better than I should. Um I don't know. Your Xbox avatar looks so healthy. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's wearing a Patriots jersey. Everything covers is covered <laughs> by a football jersey. Um, but what I was, uh, what I'm reflecting on there is I, there were no games that really educated me. I feel like that much about food um, hmm, and the yeah. foods that you eat and 
what they're for, right? Like some people use food as celebration. Other people use it for fuel, but really food can be both of those things. And so a way to show someone what their choices are in those moments, uh, but also do it in a, <laughs> to circle back to earlier in the episode, a checks quest like way. <laughs> I mean, of course we know that, um, that mushrooms make us huge and that uh, <laughs> yes. spinach makes us very strong sailors. But other than that, we're really kind of left, uh, you know, sailing into uncharted waters. Yes. Also, uh, if you venture outside of uh, video games, then we also know vegetables are religious. So um, <laughs> that is... Oh, yes. <laughs> how yes, can we forget? Um, so I love the idea of being able to... Maybe you play a vegetable level or uh, you play a juice level and the power-ups are all themed based on that particular thing, right? Or you play a protein level and you're learning about soy or chicken or, you know, that sort of stuff. And you're kind of learning the differences about what these foods are and what Mm. their utility is for your body. And yes, an exaggerated cartoonish, but also kind of practical way. That's interesting. Well, we're out of time there. We ended up coming on something very unexpected. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I think so. (laughs) Forget it, listeners. Don't write in. No, seriously, please keep writing in. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, of course, we would implore everyone to uh, to write us an additional video game pitch. I mean, these are fun to do these kind of just off the top of our head type things. But, you know, this is really your time to shine. And so we carved out this last third of the podcast specifically to broadcast your ideas. And so we want to do just that if you have anything on your mind. I mean, we can, of course, entertain ourselves. And it's a good time for us to show off how creative and wonderful our audiences are. Uh, Speaking of creative and wonderful, we're going Uh, to have to uh, demonstrate how uncreative we are by trying to come up with a name for this off the top of our heads. Okay, so food is kind of the basis of this, and feud is a word that sounds a lot like it that is also kind of an adversarial term, which seems to work well. But I can't think of a place where they really intersect all that well. We can't really call it family food. Because that gets into, uh, I don't know, like a real Donner Party situation. What if you uh, called it like uh, healthy feud? Health feud. Health feud. Health feud. Super, super, super feud. feud. Oh, <laughs> it's very good. All right. Super feuds. <laughs> super feud. <laughs> cool. Well, we'll go with that. Yeah. And um, yes, of course, as we've mentioned before, the places where you can get in contact with us are playwrightcast.com slash pitch at playwrightcast on Twitter or playwrightcast at gmail.com. And those are all spelled P-L-A-Y-W-R-I-T-E-C-A-S-T. And I want to thank Protodome. In fact, we both do me and H together. I'll, I'll, I'll write your name in here at the bottom, H. <laughs> uh, we want to thank Protodome for the use of our theme song, Hello World, from the album Blue Noise. It's very good. And it has a blue-haired anime pixel woman on the cover. So that's always fun to look at. Well, I'm sold. Yes. To take us out of the episode today, I'm going to deliver a mini pitch, and it's something that we coincidentally spoke about earlier. This actually was the inspiration for my full pitch today, Um, but I wrote this one first, so I'm going to see if our community can take it in any different directions than we had taken it, but I'm thinking competitive selfies. Nice. Right, we'll see you next week. Bye. (laughs) Bye.